Red as 3 a.m. Like coffee to the brim. The road's calling me back once again. I'm trying to be a family man. I'm doing all I can. Takes a special kind of love to understand. I carry a heavy load from the east to the west coast. An office with a view in an air I'd see. Honey, when you're coming home, I really just don't know. This trucker's life sure carries a heavy load. From Detroit, Rock City. Austin city limits, Seattle down to San Antonio. Well, I've all been from Texas. From a songwriting session in early 2019 with Nashville based John Allen Miller, air gas company driver Guy Archer, based in Dayton, Ohio, determined to get back to Music City to continue work in songwriting later in the year. Yet a back injury derailed that plan. Then COVID happened, and just by chance, Archer happened to hear an advertisement early this year for the 2021 Overdrive Red Eye Radio Trucker Talent Search. As many of you will know, Archer went on to win the competition. And early in November, he was back in Nashville at the Jay's Place recording studio with Jay Vernally laying down five of his original tracks, one of which, of course, you heard at the top, his heavy load, which got him the win this year's talent search. I'm Todd Dills your host for this edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast, where we'll take a tour through some of the results of that session and a long talk I had with Archer about his life in music and trucking, but of course. Before we hear more from him about the singer-songwriter's journey through trucking since he got his start in 1992 with J.B. Hunt on up to his current work for Air Gas, though, let's get one thing about him out of the way. about it all, because there's a lot of people out there that stutter and stuff, yeah. you know, and it's... Singing, it's, I keep going, like, yeah. Yeah, um... I've had moments where I went to start a song and I've been like, and, uh, but it doesn't usually happen. And I think it has to do with the way you're breathing. Um, and you're keeping a rhythm and you have a melody as you're, as you're singing, right? So you have, you have these parameters of focus that you don't right. otherwise have. Right. Maybe. And, and when you sing, it's not up in here. It's 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 in your gut more and stuff, you know. And um, I don't know. It's weird. I've had a lot of people that are like, you know, stutter when you sing. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's a good way to express myself, you know. Is I'm able to sing, so why not? You know. Indeed, and we'll hear a great deal more of Archer's voice and what follows. Before we jump in fully, though, here's a quick message from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. FirstGuard provides commercial truck insurance to leased owner-operators done right. As we've done for more than 80 years, we provide physical damage and non-trucking. Many companies make you pay up to six months of insurance premiums up front, but not FirstGuard. We bill monthly, so you get quality insurance without needing to pay a lot of cash up front. Go to FirstGuard.com. That's 1-S-T-Guard.com. FirstGuard. We speak trucker. Let's talk. 
And here's Guy Archer narrating what followed his childhood fascination with Smokey and the Bandit, Convoy, BJ and the Bear, and generally looking up to the truck drivers behind the wheels of so many big rigs. Throughout the podcast, you'll hear Archer reference his wife, who was in the room with us at the time. Her name is Linda. So I had my toy trucks when I was a kid and, and uh, on on the carpet all around the house. They were actually like, they were like this big. Oh, big and ones, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd put my hands <clears throat> up on top of the cab and I'm on my knees and right. I had holes in my jeans on how much I did this. I had miles heading around the whole house where I had lanes in the carpet <laughs> as if you're cutting the grass, right? Yeah, so you get lanes off your tire. I had that going all the way around the house, awesome. like each way. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I had my stops along the way. I had places I had to back into and, and I'd have a record playing and yeah. I'm heading to a concert, you know, back in with the truck, you know, and, and my mind, I'm, um, I'm seeing a band playing. Like, honestly, that's what what was going on in my mind as a kid, you know. Um, So I tried to do a high school to college thing, you know, because that's that's what your parents want. But I hated school, right? And so I went to Wright State for a year, um, and that's in the Dayton area. Um, And then, um, um, and my mom... Uh, I actually moved to California and I moved with her and I drove the U-Haul and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, Is it a uh, big like 24 foot box or box truck? Something like yeah. That. And, and had the car behind me in tow. So I had a trailer, right? Yeah, yeah, trailer. And, and, and I had a boom box. I was able to take the speakers off. I put one here, put one here behind the seat and had all my mixtapes, you know, back then that was yeah. right. Like you still had mixtapes, even though you had CDs, like you didn't have a way to make your own CDs yet. Yeah. Oh, so you're doing tapes. So yeah. I had all my songs on there and I'm just yeah. heading down the interstate to California. And I loved every minute of them. And then I moved back about five or six months. Well, about five months later, moved back to Dayton. I loved every minute of driving back. And, uh, I'd had it out on the phone with my dad out in California because he wanted me to go back to college. Um, I said, I want to be a truck driver. And he's like, this is the son I know. The son I know wants to be a lawyer. I'm like, maybe you don't know your son, (laughs) right? I mean, that's the way it went, you know. But um, all the issues that he and I, you know, kind of had after I moved back, I mean, all that got washed away and stuff, you know. And I had a few conversations and after I started, I started driving the truck, he went on the road with me twice and I drove for JB hunt. So he was in the sleeper with me at night and wow. right. And, um, and when I drove for TMC, right. He did the same thing, but he was up every hour and I was awake and he wanted to see what it was like, right. um, uh, the day of paper logs and stuff. So that truck rolled all week long and he's like, I don't know, I don't know how you do this right. or why you do it. Right. You know, but, um, he was proud of me. It isn't a job that a lot of people in the world, they look up to, mm-hmm. they actually look down on it. And uh, I'm not saying my dad, he looked down on it. Right. I think he probably knew it's not going to be an easy life. It, 
it is an office job and that's not easy um, 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 either, right? I mean, those are mentally taxing jobs, you know. I think that's what it was about, though, was it's a lot of work and are you going to make any money doing it, you know? And, and at the beginning of my career, I wasn't making any money, but I loved what I was doing, you know? Um, so you, you worked for TMC and, and JB Hunt. It sounded like they didn't last that long. Yeah, I was on the road about two and a half years or so okay. uh, between the two of them. Yeah, and then you, um, went, then you went where? Um, I went to Ryder um, and uh, um, worked locally in the Dayton area. Um, okay. I was on the Firestone account. Okay. Um, like but unloading tires every day yeah. out of the back of a trailer by hand, right? Yeah. I mean, it was... It's rough <laughs> and hot and cold yeah. and everything else, you know. Yeah. And uh, I did that for three years, I think. And then I moved to another account on the Xerox account. And I met Linda, and I was still on the Firestone account. Um, and I went to Xerox, and I kind of had to run the road some. Right. So every Sunday, I was heading up into Canada and Heading home the next day, home on Monday night, and then on Tuesday evening, I'd head to Birmingham. I go to New Orleans, head back to Birmingham, and head back in. So I was doing that for two years or something, um, and I started to do their. Um, I did their local stuff for a while, and then I moved into bulk and stuff. Um, uh, uh, I did a little bit of dry bulk work, um, and and I went to Food Liner and I hauled corn syrup for. Maybe five months or something like that. Um, so you did, you've done pretty much everything right. at this um, point. <laughs> well, well, and and I went to AK Steel for a few months, oh, okay. and um, uh, I worked for a contractor, or I drove uh, called a Euclid, right? As it's it looks like a Tonka toy, those humongous dump trucks. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So dump truck, right? yeah. those huge. Yeah. I mean, they're absolutely huge. You head up. Have a ladder to get up right, in it and right. stuff. You know, it's got uh, two engines in it, um, over 500 horse, and right. and and, and you think it'd have a big, big stick shift. You know, no, it's like a game controller, oh, right? Wow. Like on your Atari or something. It was like click, click, click. <laughs> it was so weird to be driving this huge vehicle to click, click, click. Right. You know, um, um, and I hauled gasoline for two or three years, I guess three years. Um, and then I came over to what's now air gas. And I've been there since 06. For Guy Archer, music starts equally early in life, as you might have guessed. I'd say the music thing was always there as a kid. I, I had the interest in that sort of thing, you know, but I didn't know what to do with it. And, and um, we'd head to my grandparents. Uh, and they had a piano. Um, in fact, the piano I did the first video on is actually that piano. Oh, wow. Oh, it's like a hand-me-down now. Right. Uh, heirloom, I guess. And um, so as a little kid, I would hold down the pedal. I'd have to stand up, you know, so, you know, short, but I'd hit a note and then I'd just harmonize notes and I didn't know it. I was making chords. Right, right. Right. And it's all the further it went. Um, my dad had a house built, and when we moved to it, 
um, over across the street was a lady that taught piano. So I tried. Yeah. Didn't have a clue what she was telling me. <laughs> it made zero sense. You know, you have to learn how to read and right. what the notes are and, and have to learn how to keep a beat. And this is a quarter beat. This is all the longer you hold this note and stuff. It was like, what are you talking about? You know, this is <laughs> right. It just didn't work for me. You know, so um, our house was full of sports. Um, I played hockey. Uh, I played baseball, um, and I played football. Um, older brother played hockey um, and also baseball. I mean, he. When it comes to baseball, he could have gone pro, really? and it's uh, one of those stories, you know, where. He's heading into home plate uh, junior year of high school, or I forget which year it was, but heads into home slides and there goes his knee. Oh, man. And he walked on to UC um, and he he became their catcher okay. other than Cincinnati. Yeah. And he, he had lost that desire. Yeah. All right. And my dad like always wanted wanted him to be a pro baseball player and stuff, you know. So it hurt my dad, and, and he was upset about the whole situation. You know? But um, so I played sports for the fun of it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I always like I'd come home from school, and I wouldn't worry about my schoolwork if I had hockey practice that night. I wasn't out there out there with my brother out in the driveway doing puck handling, right? I had my records on, right? right? So as much as I loved sports, I really had this interest when it comes to music, you know? Yeah. But I hadn't hadn't gone down the right path yet, you know what I mean? Right. So about 12 or 13, um, I wanna learn how to, how to play piano. So I started taking lessons and about a year into it, even though I love music, I didn't want to have to do scales and I didn't want to have to learn this stuff. I just wanted to play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I remember I would go home and it was scales. Um, oh, like Mary had a little lamb and I'd come back at the opening. I had to love walks in. Right. Okay. You know, you know, you say, that's great. That's what we need to do, right? <laughs> and I would do that every week. I would head in like I learned part of a song. Yeah, bring him a different song every time. Right, and he's like, mm, this is what you need to do, you know. Well, he finally said, he said, your mind's running. Your hands are crawling. Right then, Archer started to write his own material. A piece of a song here, another piece there, and... Though nothing fully formed came out of those early times with the piano, it all brought the songwriter to where he is today with music. With an ear for song structure, the chords that underpin most any tune he hears through his ears or in his head, as it were. Had a guitar from, I started driving and um, it's 92. Um, and my mom took me to a, a, a guitar store and they had to use Alvarez, and I had that with me when I drove for JB Hunt for a year, 
and then I went over to TMC for about a year and a half. I had it under my bed, you know, um, in the truck, and hardly ever touched it, <laughs> right? And so that was 92, and I have that guitar still, and about, what, 10 or 12 years ago, I started telling myself, like, I need to learn how to play that thing. <laughs> like, wow. So 20 years later, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, it was like, what am I doing? You know, it's, yeah. it's here. I have it. Right. And what actually got me to, to truly to understand this stuff was I was doing, you know, the basic chords you learn in a book. You know, you there's a G, you know, there's a C, there's a D, right? Hearing these songs that I like, and I know it's, you know, D, head down to C, then G, and I'm sitting there going, but it doesn't sound. It's, it's a big change in the way it sounds, right? So I was going to YouTube, and I'm in the Jeremy camp. I don't know who he is. He's uh, Christian pop rock, right? Okay. And I'm watching him at the radio stations as he's doing songs without his band. And I'm looking at his fingers going, these are the only two moving. Mm -hmm. Right? Right? I mean, it's like... And that's when it opened up for me. I'm sitting there going, that's a C of sorts, you know. That is a G. It's a D, and that's an E minor. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I can do these songs, you know. So I'm like, every rose has its thorn, you know. Right? Right. I'm like, well, all these songs kind of sound the same if all I'm doing is that, right? I'm like, you know, I kind of started to sing. And I halfway knew that I could sort of sing, but not good. I don't even, I don't even think I'm that good now, right? But that's what got me to sing. You be the judge of that bit of self-criticism, Trevor. How about? I guess some of my childhood dreams have come true. Chasing white lines to make ends meet. Daddy, when you coming home, baby, I just don't know. This trucker's alive, so carries a heavy load. From a trucker's diner for 2019. We came down here for the uh, concert thing for uh, Loretta Lynn. Oh, okay. Right. It was a birthday bash at the arena with a whole bunch of stars, you know, doing her songs and stuff, you know. And that's why we came here and we stayed at a Airbnb. And through Airbnb, there's, there's things you can do around town, right? Okay. And, um, and my wife found that you can write a song with a songwriter down here in Nashville. Oh, okay. right? Yeah, right, right, right. And I didn't know about it until about a week before. She's like, 
um, I need to bring my guitar. And if you have any songs, like, bring them with you. Any ideas? Yeah. To bring to the session. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And um, actually, I'd have blocked down and over on 16th, uh, the second house on the left. Um, that's where I met John and headed upstairs. And he and I, like, I had a chorus already that he liked. He's like, hey, yeah. um, we started going back and forth with lyrics and stuff. And he, Help me write a song, right? Cool. So that really got the bug. Like, I want to do this because yeah. it was so much fun to hang out with somebody. I don't have any friends who are into music like I am. Like, um, everybody hung out with the school. They were all jocks. <laughs> yeah. And everybody that I know now that I hang out with, they don't, right? I really don't have Dude, anybody to hang out with. Who's the, the right writer? Uh, John Allen uh, uh, Miller. Oh, we haven't done anything with it, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it was just yeah. one of those things where he helped me get to a certain point that day. Yeah. And then I wrote a melody over it, or actually picked. So there's right. two songs that I, well, there's actually three now, but there's, I'd actually pick, yeah. you know. But um, well, that got the bug going, right? And I was hoping to head down here because that was in the spring. And I was hoping to get back down here like in the fall. Um, and then I had a back injury and ended up having to have surgery. And, mm-hmm. and then and we headed into COVID. Yeah. And um, this past March or whatever, I'm at work, you know, I'm at a customer one night, you know, and it's heading through my head this, it ain't ever going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to Nashville. Nobody's going to hear your songs, right? Like, you need to stop this. This is just stupid, right? And honestly, I hopped in the truck, turned on the AM radio, which I don't usually listen to. I usually listen to XM or whatever. We've got XM in our trucks, you know, or I listen to podcasts or whatever. And AM radio, and uh, I'd heard them before here and there, right? But I go to Red Eye Radio and... Within five minutes, I hear the ad, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, That's right? Yeah. Here I am in the dumps, like, it's like never going to happen. Right, stop it, right? And I hear this ad, and, and I hear the prize, like, you get to record in Nashville with all the musicians yeah. uh, to back you up. And and um, I looked everything up Make sure I heard it right, you know. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. wow, this is weird, you know. And then uh, I got up the next day and I'm having a cup of coffee in the morning. And I looked over Linda and said, um, you know, there's a there's a talent search out there for truck drivers only, right? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, really? And I said, yeah. And she's like, well, are you going to do it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. <That's> no brain. <laughs> so... I mean, that's how that got started, you know, yeah. um, and and I had to figure out a song that I thought I sounded good on. I did a Kenny Chesney song, yeah. but on the day that I uploaded that up to YouTube and entered the contest, right. I honestly, I told myself, if I make it to the top three, I'm not writing a trucker song, <laughs> right. Right? right? Um. I just didn't want to do it. Like, yeah. one of those things, well, you're a truck driver. You're going to write a trucking song. 
Right. On the next day, though, I'm, I'm, you know, hitting on the couch, you know, just doing the usual chords I've got, right? These here, you know. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is happening. You know, and within a day, I had the whole song written. And about a day or two later, I um, played the whole song for her. And uh, she's like, it's actually a good song. Yeah, totally. You know, and um, the way it tells a story is it's it's open to anybody that's who's who's ever driven a truck to put themselves in that mindset, you know. Text on my cell phone. Man, times have changed, but one thing remains true. I carry a heavy load wherever this road will go. Lines on my face way too soon. Anybody that has a job that you're not home, like you miss out on 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 all the lives of your whole family and your own life, quite frankly, because. I remember the first two and a half years on the road, like I'm heading down the interstate at night on a weekend, right? And I'm looking at all these little small towns and um, um, and you got the football lights are on, right? Yeah. And I'm out of high school by you know, five years by then. But you're looking over going, that's what other people are doing right now, yeah. right? Because they're home, right? Yeah. And I'm out here doing this, you know? Um, I do love, I love driving a truck. Yeah. Right. But obviously it's a job too, mm-hmm. you know, so, but all the long hours and, yeah. and, and, uh, it's tough. I, mean, it really I mean, even now being local, um, you know, the hours are, they are longer than most jobs out there, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. And, uh, and you miss out on things still, you know, I, I ch- choose to work evenings and stuff, you know, cause I like the traffic to die down. Yeah. Right. And almost all of our customers aren't even there. So I head into a customer unload and hanging on the fence. There's a tube put the paperwork in it. I don't have to go find somebody to sign. You're kind of on your own. Yeah. You're just on your own and you're getting things done. Yeah. Um, you still miss out on things, right? And and it's hard on her too, right? Mm-hmm. I choose to work evenings, and 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 usually that's when people are heading off to bed together, right? Yeah. Well, I'm not yeah. home. Everybody's hanging out, right? Yeah. Are having dinner together? I mean, yeah. only time we have dinner together is on my days off, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. um, um, huh? <laughs> Well, um, and when I get up and have my coffee and stuff, you know, we've got what three or four hours every day yeah. that we are together. Yeah. It's just not in the evening. Yeah. It's in the morning, till the afternoon, and then I'm heading to work. Um, and that's a part of that song is, it's from her perspective, like mm-hmm. in the beginning, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. in my mind, it's a young man driving a truck because I was, right? So, I'm picturing uh, 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 a young man on the road, 
calls home to his wife. She's asking, you know, you know, when you're coming home. Nope. I don't know. Right. And then it moves on to like, in my mind, you know, you, uh, uh, you've got a kid now. Right. And they're asking you. Right. Um, and then the ending is, is he's a papaw now and he's being asked, um, you know, by the grandkid. Right. And he is coming home now. Right. Right. He's about to retire, you know, it's kind of a whole life thing. Um, the part where I go into um, in the second verse, though, where it's all the towns that I'm going to, I mean, that's an aspect of, of of being a truck driver. It also kind of tells my musical history, though, too. Oh, okay. Right. Hmm. So uh, the first record I ever bought was Kiss. Right. right. And it probably had more to do with the makeup. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I grew up on the '80s hair bands oh, yeah. as a high schooler, and and I mean that was it, man. <laughs> that was the best music in the world, you know. Detroit Rock City, yeah. to Austin City Limits, right? So, I wasn't really into country, you know. I've always liked it some. Um, I've always liked the love songs stuff there in country, you know. Yeah. I just wasn't into it that much. And when I first started driving a truck, I had a girlfriend who was really into country. And that was the early 90s. So I got into it some, right? right? But I think it was like 99, 2000, I watched Austin Austin City Limits. It was a special with Keith Urban, right? And I'm, this guy's cool and great, Right. right? And is he country? Yes, but he's also not country. He's that, yeah. like, I'm more into rock music, like, when I'm listening to stuff, you know, or I was then, and it helped to take me into that path, you know, some, right? right? Um, and then the Seattle thing was, that was the end of the, of the Hair Nation stuff, right? Right, right. And really didn't like, yeah, I wasn't much into the grunge stuff. There's some good songs, and... Yeah. There's some good bands in, of course. You know, all those guys are talented, you know, but it was such a drastic change from the 80s, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and that's what that's telling is, is, is it's actually telling that kind of a story and not truly just about hauling a load from here or there and that sort of thing, you know. To them Austin city limits Seattle down to San Antonio well, I've hauled beer from Texarkana To them Thirsty Boys in Atlanta Might've For the Nashville session, producer-engineer Jay Vernelli and Archer set out to lay down six of Archer's tracks but would only have time for five, all of which Archer was kind enough to share with us and you. You'll hear pieces of them in what follows, but you can find them all in full via the post that houses this edition of Overdrive Radio for December 10, 2021. Find them at overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. In preparations for the session, Archer didn't feel he was quite conversant enough with the guitar to really do the songs justice for a proper recording. So for now, he called in a player with a little trucking music lineage behind him. 
Guitarist Chris Lusinger is pretty famous for his long and exhaustive work with country music leading light Garth Brooks, but he also played on one of the most famous trucking songs of all time, 18 Wheels and a Dozen Roses by Kathy Matea. Lusinger was kind enough to tell us his story there in the studio. Okay. Grew up in South Florida, moved to Nashville in 1972. Okay. And how I mean, how did you get? How did you start in in music here? Like what well, I moved up here to play with a group of guys in a band, and we were playing in clubs and places around here. And there was a publisher named Juan Contreras that heard our band, okay. and he started introduce. He was plugged into a lot of industry music industry people, and he start he liked our band and started introducing us to some people right. and which really opened some doors yeah. for us, you know, and uh, we started traveling on the road, mm-hmm. you know, started, did a tour with Dobie Gray and okay. back in Drew and Drift Away was a hit and then okay. worked with Buffy St. Marie and then 11 years on the road with Crystal Kill. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of like session work, did that just happen all at the same time for you? Well, not really. I mean, you break. Uh, break in through sessions by playing on demo sessions and things like yeah. that. So I got hired on a few demo sessions and then after a while a few record producers heard uh, what I liked. And the main guy for me was Alan Reynolds and okay. he produced Crystal Gale and Kathy Matei and Hal Ketchum and finally Garth Brooks. Right, right. So that's, you know, once Alan started using me on sessions, it, it kind of ballooned from there. Right, right. Kathy, Kathy Matea, that uh, there's a trucking song. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 18, <laughs> 18 wheels. Yeah, yeah. That you didn't play. I did play on that record. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Is it just guitar for you, or is it other, other things as well? well? Mostly guitar. I mean, I do a little mandolin, a little this or that, but acoustic and electric guitar. From eighteen wheels and a dozen roses to heavy load by Guy Archer. Lusinger's trucking music credentials just continue to grow, and those aren't the only two either. I spent years on the road, you know, in buses, tour buses, and of course truckers, you know, uh, back, you know, back when, uh, before cell phones, you know, so it's always listening to CB radios and stuff like that, and I always had a great respect for truckers and and what they do. There's another trucker I work with from Alaska uh, named Sam Little. That's that's a yeah. full-time trucker up there, and yep. uh, he comes here to record. So. Search Singing Sam Little at OverdriveOnline.com to read about the time I met Little, more than a decade ago when he was running for governor of Alaska. But I've always just had a great respect for truckers and, you know, what they do for for us, you know. I mean, yeah, the it. stuff just, we wouldn't have all the stuff we have if they didn't get it where it needs to go, you know. And, uh, but I've certainly enjoyed Guy's songs today. Really good, good, well-written, well-written songs. Way too soon. Papa, when you coming home, it won't be too long. This trucker's life sure is taking a toll. Yeah, this trucker's life sure carries a heavy load. had a contractor over that was working in the basement and 
he heard me upstairs, like I get up and get my coffee and stuff, you know, and, and, uh, I was starting to write a song and he's got a buddy that was in a band and stuff like that, you know, so he's, he's into music too and stuff, you know, we had some conversations, you know, so I headed down to him. I said, Hey, what do you think of this song I'm writing, you know? And I played it for him and I was horribly nervous because yeah. I'm not, I'm not about the spotlight with this stuff. Right. Um, he's like, I wouldn't change a thing in that song. Right. Um, and uh, it's called Blue Eyed Girl. Okay. And, and it's just a song about um, you break up with your girlfriend and, and you're not over it. And, and she's in your head, that sort of thing. Right. right. I mean, that's what it's about. Right. And, and like, everybody that hears it just, hey, love it. was racing, was in the lead, too young, too dumb, too blind to see. This world was a future memory. In my mind, I'm a young boy turning to a man, lumping my throat, hot in my hands, standing on your front porch, teasing my eyes, wishing you would take away a last goodbye. Time marches on without a care, and the world just leaves me thinking about blue-eyed girls. It's the easiest song, um, and usually those are the best songs, the ones that are very simple and stuff, you know. But uh, so there's that, and then I wrote a song probably three, four, five years ago called uh, Long Dirt Road. It's kind of about the same thing. It's I've never been on a long dirt road with any girl in my life, <laughs> right? But it's that kind of a memory thing, right? Uh, at the first verse is... And uh, under the stars, you got the music on, you know, and you're holding hand. Long dirt road with the radio low. Ooh, your hand in mine. Starlight holding you tight. Now you're kissing, right? And next time through, you're skin on skin. That's what that song's about. And your skin on my holding you tight. Um, and then um, you were. <laughs> this is kind of a interesting way that I came up with this, right? So after I after I wrote with John. Um, here in town, you know, he said, anything you hear, man, right? Like, you know, write it down. Right. Yeah, totally. So, and advertisements and a movie, 
having a conversation with somebody, you hear anything that just right catches you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Forrest Gump. I've seen that movie a thousand times, right? right? And uh, and there's a scene when he gets back with Jenny, and they're married, right? She's dying of AIDS. She she's laying in bed, and he's he's telling her about the time that he started running, right? Right, and like all the things he saw, right? He's heading across the country and stuff, you know, and uh, and uh, and she says, "I I wish I could have been there, right?" And he looks at her and goes, "You were." Felt a tap on my shoulder Turned to see those familiar eyes She said, how you been, boy? I see you've been touring all the time I said you wouldn't believe All the beautiful things I get to see Mountains, palm trees, and everything in between. She said, I wished I could have been there. It should have been you. You were always on my mind. That's obviously a song, right? But that, and then the, if you look at the verses of it, it's kind of like the Dan uh, Fogelberg um, um, Old Lang Syne, right? Where he runs in, into his old lover at the grocery store, right? And they talk about the good times, but they know they have to go home, right? And, and, it's over with, right? There is nothing there, but uh, the choruses, right, are um, heating up to the choruses. Like he tells her about all the things he's seen as as a rock star or whatever, right? And she says, "Well, I wish I could have been there." And he's like, "You were, right?" And then vice versa, right? It's her talking about her new love and all their kids. In their house they have right and he's like wow i wish i could have been there So five. Oh, um, I just wrote this song about a day or two before I did the podcast interview. Okay. I started coming up with these lyrics and I didn't know what they meant right. as I was writing it, you know, but as I got to looking at it, it's about um, about the music gift that's been passed down um, 
and my family because on my dad's side, that's where like all the music comes from. Okay. And uh, um, and there were people who were able to hear a song and just play it and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. and um, in and my dad's side, of the family, um, and that's where it comes from. And uh, and then just the other night, um, I came up with the final lyric for it and stuff, you know. Okay. So he's got the version of it where I don't have, you have it all filled up. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the ending verse, right. but I have it now. What's the name of the song? Uh, Part of You. Okay. All my fears and all my doubts are all the things that I can't live without. All my hopes and all my dreams get locked away inside of me, inside of me. I'm pushing through, I'm coming out. Comfort zone of fear and doubt. Will I ever come to be the gift of song you gave to me? Gave to me. Pushing through, coming out of this comfort zone of fear and doubt. Will I ever come to be the gift of song you gave to me? Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with additional support from Overdrive Extra contributing writer Paul Marhofer, Overdrive News Editor Matt Cole, Social Media Coordinator Holly Young, and Executive Editor Alex Lockie. We'll let Guy take us out. Write a song and set them free.
I'm still 